Jesus. Thank you, worship team. How many of you believe that song? He says, no matter what you go through, no matter what it seems like, if you just hold on, he'll take you to the fire again. I have a word I want to preach tonight. And it's probably not going to, I, I, I want to go through this thing slow and steady because I want to get the word across tonight. I, I don't want to miss anything and I don't, I don't want to remove anything. I want to make sure that everything that God has for us tonight is, is true and, and his promise is true tonight. And I, wanna, I, I just want us to understand something tonight that sometimes we have to go through fire. Sometimes we have to go through things in life in order for God to refine us, in order for him to allow us to see that there's something greater on the other side. You see, as long as we are Christians, as long as we are in this faith, as long as we are in this battle, as long as we are in this lifestyle, as long as we are, as we are in this community, there is always going to be an adversary. And as long as there is an adversary, there's always going to be an amount of fire that we must go through there's going to be some times in our lives when it just seems like something ain't going right nothing's going right but I want to I've come by to tell somebody tonight or to tell somebody who is sitting in their living room or sitting wherever they are listening by Facebook live tonight that you have to go through the fire tonight in order to get what God has for you on the other side through the fire turn with me if you would to Daniel chapter 3 this is probably one of the one of the most uh, uh, infamous stories in the Bible and, and uh, we're, you don't have to stand up right now I'm not going to read it right at the moment I've got a little bit of a, of, of a build up before I read the word of God so you can go ahead and be seated and uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and pray that God would deliver this word. Let's let's just bow our heads and let's pray. And I, if you would, just stretch your hand this way for me. I, I, I need your, I covet your prayers tonight because I believe that God wants this word to go forth to somebody tonight. And I, I just believe that if you will agree with me in prayer, that that person that needs to hear this word tonight will hear it. They will receive it and they will respond to the word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as we come boldly before the throne of grace tonight, I pray, God, that you will allow myself to be a vessel that is used by you. I pray right now, God, that you would hide me behind your veil. Lord, that is not the word that I put together, God, but this is a word that I believe that you have instilled with inside my heart to deliver to someone tonight, God. And I just pray right now, Lord, that, the, that this word would fall on fertile ground, Lord, that it would fall on somebody, God, tonight that will use this word and apply this word to their lives. And, Lord, we just, we just give you thanks and praise and honor. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Through the fire. Prevention is better than a cure. Prevention is better than a cure. All throughout life, we, we try to do things that are preventative in our bodies. We try to do things that are preventative for our lives. And, and you know, I, I, I know my mom and dad, they take this thing called Juice Plus. I don't know exactly what it does, but it's something preventative. You know, we all take preventative measures. We all eat our vegetables. We all eat our, eat our, our red meats and our white meats that has protein in them. We try to stay away from, from foods that w will hurt our bodies, from processed food and things that will damage our bodies. We're 
We're trying to drink as much water as we can during the day. We try to stay away from as much illicit things as we can. You know, like uh, those of us that are are Christians, I hope we're staying away from illicit things such as drugs and alcohol or things that are going to harm our body, things that that will upset things that are going on inside our body. We do preventative, we take preventative measures so that we don't come down with any kind of a sickness or a disease. We don't come down with with, uh, any any kind of immune disorder that will disrupt our bodies. We do all this stuff. We exercise just as much as we humanly can. Some of us, and uh, but some of us don't anymore. We drive a- as safely as we can. We try to obey the speed limits. We try to obey. Uh, we try to stay away from the car in front of us as, as as good as we can. So we're we're not too close to them when they slam on their brakes. And we do all these things. You know, to we, we pray. We believe the word of God. We do all these things to, to try to prevent bad things from happening in our lives but to no avail no matter what kind of preventative measures that we take no matter what kind of of things that we eat to allow ourselves to be healthy no matter what kind of things that we stay away from in order for us to be healthy undoubtedly there's going to come a time in our lives when we are going to come up against a trial or a tribulation or something that is going to take control of our lives called a fire Despite of all that, things almost always go wrong. Every, when you get into the Word of God and everything, you, it just seems like you're on the mountaintop and things are going so well. And then all of a sudden, everything comes in like a flood. You get sick in your body or someone else in your family gets the C word called cancer. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's upset the fruit basket. All of a sudden, your family's all disarray. Your marriage is up, up for, for, for grabs for anybody who wants to take it. And all of a sudden, your children are, are, are fighting against you and they're, they're, they're not allowing you to, to, to minister to them and they become rebellious and they go out and live on their own. Uh, trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I was there. I remember very well at the age of 18 years old when I decided that I was strong enough to live my own life and I wasn't going to live the life that my parents wanted me to live. And I decided to go off and do my own thing. But undoubtedly, no matter what we try to do, something is going to come against us called a fire. You are going to come under fire at some point in time in your life. As long as you are a Christian, living this Christian life, there is going to be a point where you're going to become under fire. You might find yourself unemployed. You might find the fact that your work slows down. You might even find yourself in the midst of, of, of things going on in your life like what Sister Kim is going through right now with her family actually being in an actual fire where their family had to get out of the house. You might find yourself in that situation and all of a sudden you don't have anything. You don't, I mean nothing, no clothes, no food, no furniture, no house, no nothing. It's called fire. That means the enemy is attacking you. And let me tell you something. If the enemy is attacking you, it means that you are doing something right. If you're not doing anything right, if you're not reading your word and you're not praying and you're not fasting and you're not doing the, thing that, doing the things that God wants you to do, then let me tell you something. The old devil's probably going to leave you alone. Why? Because he's probably got you already cornered. He's already got you fixed and set and ready to go down the wrong road. But I seem to remember a story in the Bible in Daniel chapter 3 that we're getting ready to read in just a few minutes. Now this, this, this story is probably one of, my, it's one of my favorite stories because it, it really emulates the fire that we go through in life. It really emulates the things that, that, that we go through as Christians and, and, and the things that we try to do to, to stay away from the fire and to try to overcome the fire. But yet still, no matter what we do, the fire will still come. 
But this story is an amazing story about three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're going to read the story here in just a minute, but I want to kind of lay a little bit of a foundation here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were solid in their Christian walk. And you may say, you may say well, what in the world do you mean by solid? What I'm saying is tonight, is some of you in, in this building tonight or some of you listening by, by Facebook or by live, some of you are some of the most solid people in the church. Some of you are the most solidly foundational people in the world. Why? Because you read, you pray, you search the word, you, you get on your hands and knees and, and, and you're doing everything you can to, be, to follow Christ. But, but, but because you do that, the enemy is going to fight you even harder than he would somebody who's not doing all those things. That means that crises is going to hit your family. That means that crises is going to hit your finances. That means that crises is going to hit your marriage. Crises is going to hit everything that, that you have anything to do with. You see, life is never easy. This Christian life isn't easy. I don't know whoever said it's easy, but this is not easy. Sometimes we're dealt a hand that we would really not want to have, uh, have to deal with. You know, sometimes we're dealt with a hand that is just too hard for us to deal with. You know, some of us are, are, are dealt with family members passing away and, 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 and things going awry and our, our marriage is going under and, and things happening between um, uh, uh, you and your spouse that just start to break you apart. You know, there's burdens in our life that, that seem to hit us, you know, that, but we can find hope in going through the fire just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. I promise you, if you hang in there, you're going to find your miracle in the midst of the fire. Now, listen to me very closely. You are going to find your miracle in the midst of the fire. I want to show you just a few things. I want to show you five things in the Word here. and We're, we're getting ready to read the Scripture, but I want to show you five things. With the five P's of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now let's go, uh, starting in verse 8. And we're going to read through the whole thing. So it's kind of lengthy, but just, just bear with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all, kinds of, with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image in which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, it is, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good but if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands now listen to what they say here Shadrach Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king O Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter if it is this case 
Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the, the, from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and an expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that the heat of the furnace seven times more... Uh, that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And when he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace, then these men were bound in their, in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments that were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the fire and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he arose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound to the midst of the fire? Listen to this. Then they answered and said to the king, True, O king. And he said, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Let me tell you something. When you're in the midst of the fire, there's always going to be something else that's in there with you that has the form of the Son of God. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on those whose bodies together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even upon them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and there is no other God who can deliver like this then the king promoted Shadrach Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon now I know that was a lot of scripture and a lot of word but I wanted to read that entire story for a reason now I, I want us to go through these five things real quickly and I want us to understand some things about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're gonna, and we're gonna parallel those to our lives today. Number one, I want us, to, I want to show you something that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were persuaded that no matter what King Nebuchadnezzar said, that they were not going to do anything that the enemy told them to do they were not going to compromise their position they were not going to give give way to king nebuchadnezzar they were not going to give way to the enemy but they were going to stay steadfastly they were going to stay uh, uh face forward to what they believed in and who they believed in they knew without a shadow of a doubt that no matter what was going to happen to them that their god would deliver them one way or the other they knew that their god was either going to deliver them from the fire that they were going to be thrown into or he was going to deliver them by allowing them to to die and to go on to a, a heaven built for them they were persuaded one thing we see here is that they were persuaded that God would see them through they understood that the promises of God were true and that he would be they would be he would be faithful to them if they were faithful to him nothing would make them bow to Nebuchadnezzar's statue no threats no consequences and especially no 
punishment. They were persuaded in their obedience to him. You see, church, sometimes when we, when we get ready to face a fire, there's something that needs to happen inside of us. That something that needs to happen inside of us is that we need to become persuaded that no matter what the enemy has for us, no matter what the enemy pushes in front of our face, no matter what the enemy does to our families, no matter what the enemy does to our children, no matter what our, the enemy does to our spouses, no matter what the enemy does, no matter how he afflicts us, no matter what he tells us to do, no matter what he, he, he tempts us with, we have to be persuaded that what God, God's promises that he has given to us are true and that he is going to be faithful to us no matter what the outcome of what comes our way because you see sometimes there's going to be consequences from things that we don't do that the enemy says because when the when the enemy decides to tempt you and you decide not to guess what he's going to come just a little bit harder and he's going to hit that weakness just a little bit stronger you see one of the one of the my my worst weaknesses and 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 get don't get me mixed up. I, I, don't, I don't have this problem anymore. But when I was a young Christian, one of the problems that I had was, was alcohol. Al- alcohol was a very hardcore stronghold in my life. And the enemy would come against me like a flood. And he would tempt me with alcohol. And when I decided to start telling him no and start telling him no and start telling him no, he would do it even more and more and more. He would put people around me and, 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 and doing things that, that, that they shouldn't be doing. You know, drinking alcohol around me. He'd put me in places where uh, you know and, and I'll be honest with you working in law enforcement is probably one of the worst places to be coming in this you know but I would go into houses where people would be would be uh, completely intoxicated and you would you would smell that aroma and all of a sudden you're you're more tempted and more tempted and more tempted that's what the enemy does when you become persuaded that God is going to see you through and you tell him no then the enemy is going to turn things up he's going to he's going to move even harder we've got to be persuaded that he is going to come through for us. If it seems that life has knocked you down, it's not the time to give in, but it's the time to put on the same attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's an attitude of being fully persuaded. Fully. Not halfway persuaded. Not three-quarters of the way persuaded, but fully persuaded. That means that you can stand firm on the fact that whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, that there's going to be more that, that, that God is going to do for you than the enemy can ever, that can ever persuade you with. You see, God will provide, but even if he doesn't, I won't bow. God can heal me, but if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to bow. God can restore my family, but you know what? If he doesn't restore my family, I'm still not going to bow. Why? Because I am persuaded that what he has said is true. You see, God will help my family out. They're going through a rough time, but even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'm still not going to bow to what the enemy says. So they were persuaded. Secondly, we see that they felt pressure. They felt pressure. What do you mean, Pastor? They felt pressure. Listen. You would think that if you were fully persuaded, that that would probably be enough for you to receive your breakthrough. You would probably think that because you are standing firm on the promises of God, that that would be enough for you to get what God has for you and that the fire would cease. That is not necessarily the case. I I, I alluded to it just a second ago, but here's the case. When you stand firm on the fact that God will see you through, that's when the enemy decides to turn it up. 
that's when the enemy decides to turn up the heat, just like King Nebuchadnezzar turned up the fire furnace. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar, once, once they, they, they told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, we don't have to answer to you. We do not answer to you. We answer to our God. And what you're asking us, we will not do. And no matter what you do to us, we know that God is going to deliver us somehow, some way. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't like that idea. King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar said, no, 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 no. I want you to go and I want you to make sure that that flame is seven times hotter than we normally do. You see, that's what the enemy is going to do. When you're standing firm in your foundation, what he's going to do is he's going to turn it up. And he's going to turn it up and he's going to turn it up. You think things are hot now wait until you start telling the enemy no when you start telling the enemy no he's going to come in even harder not only is he going to hit you with one dart but he's going to hit you with seven of them not only is he going to hit you with one lie but he's going to hit you with seven of them not only is he going to hit you with one family member going awry he's going to hit you with seven of them not only is he going to hit you with one uh, one thing going wrong between you and your spouse he's going to hit you with seven problems that are going between you and your spouse you see the enemy doesn't like when you say no so he's going to turn up the heat he's going to make your life even more miserable than what you would like for it to be they started feeling the pressure you've 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 taken a stand you've stood up against him i want you to know something don't give up don't worry because when the devil turns up the heat my god is going to turn up the heat even hotter He's going to turn it up the other way. Now, I want you to, uh, firstly, they were persuaded. Secondly, they felt the pressure. Now, I want you to understand something. Now that they start realizing that the pressure is turned up, and, and he's, uh, the enemy has turned up the heat, Nebuchadnezzar done, turned up the furnace, and I'm sure that where, wherever they were standing, I'm, I'm sure they were standing pretty close to the furnace because he's talking about it. And, and so I'm, I'm sure that they're standing there, and they're feeling the fire. They're feeling the heat of the fire. And they're knowing that here in just a few moments, if they continue to, to disobey King Nebuchadnezzar that they're going to be thrown into this furnace and they're either going to be consumed or God is going to deliver them so now they, they, they start understanding more and start feeling more of the promises of God they feel the promise I want you to understand something tonight God never promised you that you wouldn't go through the fire I want to, I want to say that again God never promised you that you wouldn't go through the fire. As a matter of fact, as, as you live this Christian life, if you're not going through the fire, there's something wrong with your Christian life. You need to, you need to step back and take a little bit of a, of a one-two look at what's going on in your life. I'm telling you, since we started pastoring this church, I think the enemy has started throwing darts left and right at us. And, and you know what, Brother Eddie, we've been saying no, 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 no. You know what? God, the devil's even said, you know what, you just need to move back to Cuba. You know, you're not doing anything right. You know, you just need to move back and leave these people alone. They can have, you know, they can have another pastor that can do better. They can have someone else that can stand in that pulpit. But no, I have stood firm on the promises that God has given me, that God is going to grow this church, that God is going to do great things in this church, that the flood that is coming is coming, and we're going to be a part of it. I am standing firm, and I am understanding that God has promised us something, and we have heard the promises of God, and I am not ready to throw in the towel yet. Why? Because I want to see the promises of God come to fruition and the, the, the three Hebrew boys at this time they wanted to see the promises of God come through they knew that if they if they would keep telling Nebuchadnezzar no they weren't bowing down to no other gods that God's promises were going to come true 
God's promised you that you would never, God's never promised you that you wouldn't go through things. As a matter of fact, as a child of the living king, there are trials and tribulations and fires that you are going to face. But God, listen to this, God isn't going to save you from the fire. You see, all too often we, we get into these pity parties and we start praying for ourselves and we say, God, please deliver us from the fire. We're not, now, I, now get, I want you to understand something. At this point in our lives, we're not actually in the fire yet. We just see what the fire is going on. We just see the things that are going on in our lives and we're not quite in the fire. But I want you to understand something. God is not going to save you from the fire, but instead what he's going to do is, is he is going to bring you through the fire. Let me say that again. He is going to bring you through the fire. <clears throat> when you go through the fire of divorce, when you go through the fire of cancer, when you go through the fire of sickness, when you go through the fire of fa- uh, financial ruin or family crisis, you shall not be burned by the fire. As long as you stand firm on the promises of God, you will not be burned. The Bible says that when the three Hebrew children were threw into the fire, that it says that they didn't even get singed by the fire, nor did the smell of fire even attach itself to them. I'm telling you that when you're a child of the living king and you have stood firm on his promises, when you are being thrown into the fire, God is going to bring you through the fire. The king tried to, to uh, listen, this, I normally wouldn't say this word, but listen. The king tried to punk these boys by, stirring, by stoking up the fire so much that it would consume anyone outside of it that even got, that even got close. I want you to understand something. Fire is deadly for those who fear, who fear it and who give up. But if you stand firm on the promises of God and stay persuaded that he will bring you through, it will not burn you but so many times we expect a miracle outside of our fire we expect the miracle to come before we go through the refinery process you see there is a process that we have to go through in order for us to get our miracle it's called a refinery process and he's he's putting us through a process where we're learning things we're going through new things. We're going through through things that that hurt, and they they you know I, I don't know if if anybody has ever seen a sword made, but when when you when you make a sword, you you stick this great big old piece of metal down in this in this molten fire, and you bring it out, and you and you and you smack it with a great big old hammer, and it starts to form it, and then you got to stick it back in the fire, and then you got to bring it out, and you got to hammer it some more, and then you got to stick it in there, and then bring it back out, and finally in the very end, you put it in the water, and you cool it off, and it becomes the finished product. Well, that's what. That's what Jesus and, and that's what God is trying to do to his, to his followers tonight by, by taking us through the fire. It's a refinery process. It's a process that makes us sharper than when we, what we were before. It's because we're going through experiences that we're going to be able to use in the future. But so many times we expect that miracle to come while we're outside of the fire. We expect God to save us before the fire. But that's not what he does. For most of us, our miracle is smack dab right in the middle of the fire. When you're going through the hardest of times, when, you're going, when it seems like you're at rock bottom, that's when we understand that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. That's when we understand that, that there, is no way, there is no other way to go than up. When you're at the bottom, you can't go down any further. There is only one way, and that's to go back up.
And that was the case for these three boys. Fourthly, we see they were persuaded. We see that, we see that they, um, forgot my second one. They, 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 they felt the pressure. Then they, then they realized the promises of God. And now we see that they were protected. They were protected. You see, God will protect you while you're in the fire. When the king had them thrown into the fire, the only people that were burned were the soldiers that threw them in. They didn't even have so much as a smell of smoke on them. Their chains were broken. God walked with them, and he protected them. You see, when you walk through the fire, your chains are going to be broken. Now, these three, these three Hebrew boys were not just thrown in a fire without being bound. They were bound first. The Bible says that, that, that they bound them with, with ropes and, and they bound their hands and their feet and they, 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 they had all their clothing on because the more clothing they would have, the faster they would burn up in the fire. But you see, when they got thrown in the fire, all of a sudden King Nebuchadnezzar had a little bit of epiphany going on in his brain. You know, because we all know how the eye works and, and, and it's, it's a mirror effect. We, we actually, our, our eyes see something and then it goes to the back of our brain and then we finally realize it and then it, then it sees it. It's like an like adverse reaction. We see it in the opposite direction. So King Nebuchadnezzar, all this stuff is going on. All of a sudden, he sees something going on inside the fire. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I think that would mess me up just a little bit. You know, being this high and mighty king and telling people that I'm going to kill you if you don't do what I tell you to do. If you don't serve the God that I told you to serve, then I'm I'm going to throw you in a burning fire. And all of a sudden, these three men are, are thrown in. Two, two of the men that threw them in, or however many of their men that threw them in, all of a sudden were consumed just like that. And then all of a sudden, as he looks in at this great big old furnace, he's looking in, and not only does he see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but he sees the fourth person. And when he sees that fourth person, not only does he see just a man standing there, but what does he say? He says the fourth figure looks like the Son of God, or the Son of Man. You see, he recognizes. He recognizes that God is actually in there. He recognizes that this, that this thing is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. You see, all Satan wants tonight is for you to, is for you to live a small, contained life. But your chains are about to be broken you're going through the fire but let me tell you something as you're in that fire the enemy is about to see the fourth man standing up the enemy is about to see that fourth man loose your chains the enemy is about to see your chains fall off of your hands fall off of your feet it's your the enemy is about to see that fear shaken off of you the enemy is about to see that regret shaken off of you the enemy is about to see everything that has got you bound up every fire that you're going through he's going to see that shaken off of you and all of a sudden the enemy's going to start trembling and all of a sudden he's going to have to give credit where credit is due King Nebuchadnezzar then went to the fire and he brought the, he called them out and he started to give credit where credit was due. When this happens, you will come to find that you will have a closer and a deeper sense of connection with Christ and your worship will be worth more to you. At this point in time, when you have, when you have found your miracle in the fire, all of a sudden you, you find that your spiritual walk is going to be closer. Your worship is going to be worth more. Things are going to happen in your life that are going to be more precious to you. Fifthly and lastly, Christian, will you go ahead and come? I know this has been a quick word, but I wanted to get it through and get it, get it across. 
Fifthly, we see that not only were not only did they were they persuaded, but they were promoted. Fifthly, lastly, if you look down to the very last verse of this scripture, it says that King Nebuchadnezzar promoted them. Now I want you to understand something here. We as Christians live in a glass house. I want you to understand something that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not thrown in the fire just in front of King Nebuchadnezzar. Now I'm going somewhere here with this. The world as we know it are watching you and I. And they're waiting. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for you to give up. They are. They're waiting for you to get to the point where things are so messed up in your life that you give up on God completely. You see, all of the administrators, all of the governors and high priests, and all of those that were in the kingdom of King Nebuchadnezzar, they saw the very same thing that King Nebuchadnezzar saw. And I want you to get this tonight. I want you to understand this. If you don't understand anything else, I want you to understand this. That when you receive your miracle through your fire, you are going to be promoted. What does that mean? That means that every person that doubted you, every person that watched you, every person that saw every bit of your fear, your doubt, your anger, your bitterness, your moodiness, your tears, your crying, your living the hardest life, your worry, every bit of that. Now all they can see is the favor of God that is now upon your life. You see, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of that fire with the fourth man, every high priest, every governor, every psaltery, everyone saw the favor of God. On Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I want you to understand something. Before King Nebuchadnezzar said anything, before he promoted them and did anything, they were elevated by their miracle. They were elevated by God himself. You see, when you come through the fire and you receive your miracle, what people are going to see is that you have now been elevated by God himself. And because you have been elevated by God himself, now they see the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God that is beset upon you. Everybody stand if you would.
some of you tonight, under the sound of my voice, whether you be in this building or be in your home, you're going through the fiery furnace. God didn't perform a miracle when you were outside of the furnace, and now you are inside the furnace. And what God has dropped in my spirit tonight is that he wants to say this. Get ready. Because your miracle is about to happen in the midst of the fire. God says that no matter what you're going through, my favor is enough. My love is enough. You are about to be elevated by the mercy of God. Now here's what I want to do. If you're here tonight, and Sister Andy, if you would come, I want you to sing that song again. If you're in here tonight and you say, Pastor, my miracle didn't come outside the fire. And now I'm in the midst of the fire. I want you to come. Because your miracle is right around the corner. I don't normally do this. I'm not one to talk into a camera. But I believe that there are some people that are watching tonight. That are sitting somewhere. In either your homes. Your car. Wherever you're sitting. And you're in the midst of your fire. You're in the midst of the battle, the biggest battle of your life. I want to tell you, your miracle is around the corner. Everybody bow your heads. As she begins to sing this song, I want you to come. Go ahead and step out of your seat and come. We're going we're gonna to believe God together. If you're in the midst of a battle, in the midst of a trial, come. We're going to pray. Hallelujah.